Locked on Cougs and Locked on Bearcats have one thing in common this year. That's this Big 12 conference we'll get into. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs and Locked On Bearcats. I'm one of your hosts, Park Rangers. I'm joined by Alex Frank of Locked On Bearcats. Alex, how are you doing today? Oh, Parker, I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, it's great to it's great to talk to you. And uh, as you said, I mean, we have that one thing in common that both of us are going to the Big Twelve. And you know, I think I think we can finally say that our programs have made it. <laughs> We've made it exactly. Um, we'll leave that 2021 American Athletic Conference Championship game in the background, and we will just talk about <laughs> moving into the Big 12. Um, we got a fun show today for people in both audiences, um, talking about Houston and Cincinnati, and previewing our first season of the Big 12, as well as looking at what FanDuel thinks of our teams heading into the Big 12. But I got to ask Alex, as you're moving into the Big 12, and you represent all of Cincinnati right now. Um, what what are you what are your thoughts this point in the in the process? You got a, a few weeks at this point, really, before you're in the conference fully. Summer practices are happening. What what are you thinking? I think the lot. I think a lot of us are just so excited to get in there and you know have that more exposure and have that just you know that seat at the Power Five table that it feels like is a long time coming for many of these Bearcats fans and Bearcats alums and. Bearcat alumni, I should say, and Bearcat, you know, I, I would say teams. And finally, you feel like everything that this athletic department has been working for for so many years is coming into the, is coming to the forefront. It's coming to into excuse excuse me again fruition, and we're just really ex- I'm just really excited to see better competition throughout the season. I mean, once you hit that first Big Twelve game in week four of the season, I mean, it's going to be game on from there. Every game is going to feel like something's on the line. And when we get to basketball season, and I know football still drives everything in college athletics, but Parker, as you, as you know, the every game in the big 12 for basketball is going to feel like a war. It's going to feel like a a tournament game. So I think just the, the daily life in the big 12 and understanding that the resources, the opportunity, and that's something I talked about. My Bearcat, Locked On Bearcats audience knows this. I talked about it earlier this week. The opportunities are what I'm most looking forward to. Like, you have opportunities to play in prestigious bowl games. You have the opportunity every year to get to the Big 12 Championship in Jerry World. You have the opportunity to play in some of the most, you know, recognize, against some of the most recognizable schools in the country, whether that be Kansas in basketball or Oklahoma in football, even though it's only going to be for one year, or, you know, you have the opportunity to go play West Virginia, a rivalry. Rivalries are going to be renewed. I know you're probably excited about that, Parker, down (laughs) in Houston. So just the daily life of being in the Big 12 is what I'm most looking forward to. Houston, Houston folks have been, like, worried about, like, the Houston offensive line compared to Big 12 offensive lines or things like that. Before we jump into your roster for next season, y'all played in the college football playoff not that long ago. 
you saw what the biggest and baddest teams look like very much up close and personal. Uh, I frankly would point out you represent the American Athletic Conference well. Um, what are there any fears from people in Cincinnati when the Big 12 or is it all smiles and let's go get them? I, I think it's mainly, I mean, obviously I have my reservations just because you're going to a Power 5 conference, you're going to face different competition every week. You're not going to be able to just roll the balls out and beat a team, let's say 56 to 21 or 52 to three. You're going to actually have to play a physical brand of football. Now, then again, the Bearcats have branded themselves as such. I do believe that the University of Cincinnati is going to have some growing pains. But aside from the general feel that I get at Cincinnati, I think it's all about, hey, we're excited to play in this conference. We're excited for better exposure. We're excited for just a lot of things that we have not had at Cincinnati. I think we'll take the hardships as they come. On this Cincinnati 2023 season, obviously it's not the same team as 2020 on a base stretch, not having a guy like Sauce Gardner is a pretty big part of that. And we will see each other, I guess, on November 11th. Uh, Cincinnati comes to Houston that week. Um but what can you tell a Houstonian or a Houston fan about the Cincinnati team that they might not know? Because we haven't played each other since that 2021 title game or the American Athletic Conference title game. And it, and it feels like a lot longer since then, given all that's <laughs> happened since. I yeah. mean, I remember now, Parker, we remember that game. I was there. I was on the field working for ABC during that game. But – this Cincinnati team, I think, is going to be a lot like that 2021 team, not in terms of talent, but in terms of the way they are going to have to play to win football games. They're going to have to run the football. They're going to have to be very, very stout up front defensively. They're going to have to be very good in the secondary and not give up very many big plays. So you're going to see some similar characteristics to that 2021 Bearcats team that played Houston in the conference championship game. The talent level isn't nearly as there, but it is still, excuse me, it's still going to be a a Bearcats team that's going to have those same attributes. Running the football, ground and pound, they're going to try and control the clock. They're not going to air the ball out, excuse me again, but you're going to see a team that is going to get after the quarterback defensively. They're going to have to limit opponents on the scoreboard. That's the kind of team you're going to see. It's going to be a bend-don't-break defense but more leaning towards a defense that can hold its opponents to low point totals and yardage totals. So very, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? This is a very, very good Bearcats team, hopefully, that's going to show a lot of similarities to that 2021 team. So because so much has changed, and you alluded to how much has changed since we last saw each other on the football field, what what can you tell a Houston Cougar fan or what – what names does a Houston Cougar person need to be looking out for? Because we're not as familiar with you guys. I, well, definitely Dante Corleone. I mean, the godfather, a defensive tackle. I mean, this guy's a monster. This guy is was an All-American last year as a freshman. Now he's back as a sophomore. He's going to be one of the, the key focal points of this defense. He's an absolute beast in the middle. He's great at stopping the run. He's one of Pro Football Focus's highest-graded players, not just defensive players, but players. And I think what you're going to see is you're going to see him shine. I think on offense, there isn't a – I mean, right now, the star player on offense, it's it's wide open because you don't have that 
Josh Wiley or Leonard Taylor or um, Tyler Scott anymore. Or as we remember, as you remember, Parker, in 21, they don't have the Desmond Ritters and Alec Pierce's and Jerome Ford's of the world. I think Emory Jones is obviously the, the, the focal point. Every beginning, every talking point begins and ends with Emory Jones on offense. I think you're going to see um, his abilities as a dual threat quarterback, which I think is the reason why he was the front runner to win the job when he transferred into Cincinnati from Arizona State. I think that's what's going to give him the edge. And the Cincinnati Bearcats will, I think he is going to be the driving force behind this offense. So talk to us some about this kid and, and then I'll let you ask, sorry, I don't mean to hog the show, but, and then I'll ask you a couple questions, let you ask a couple questions about the Cougs, but Emory Jones comes into the Cincinnati program as Cincinnati's moving into the big 12. He's got Arizona state and Florida on his playing resume. Um, this, this feels like a guy that really is ready for the big time. What is he good at? What does he do? What can you tell us about Emory? So when I was at the spring game, one of the things that really impressed me about Emory Jones is his abilities to just take what's there. He's not going to force the ball down the field. And that's really good. For a guy that's had that has had his struggles with turning the ball over in ball security, I thought in the spring game, if something wasn't there down the field – he was fine taking the check down to Corey Kiner or, or Montgomery or whomever. I think what you're also going to see is because the offensive line isn't great, he's going to have to get really good at making plays off script. And I thought he did a pretty good job of that in the spring game. But the offense just flows better when Emory Jones is in there. And he's going to be able to with his legs. If you, Don't look at his stats from last year. He was he was That was not a good situation for him last year. Go look at his stats from when he was at Florida in 21. He was able to really run the football. And all I'm asking for him – is like 30 to 40 yards rushing a game because that that'll amount to what 360 to 480 yards a game and 30 to 40 yards per game Parker that's three to four first downs that flips the field and that's going to give your defense great field position you're going to win the field position battle so Emory Jones is really good at taking what's there and also running the football and giving this offense more dimensions he's a really talented athlete and kid and again it's um it's interesting that you guys – again, Houston's also entering the conference to transfer quarterback p- potentially. Um, uh, I'll let you flip the tables here in a second. Let's move into the second segment here. But, Alex, what questions do Cincinnati fans have about Houston, if any? I mean, we're in the same conference, and we hadn't been as successful, I, I guess. you know, with the, We were 12-2 and two the year y'all went to the college football playoff, but y'all had a two-year run really there. So what questions do Cincinnati fans have at all? Yeah, so I guess when it comes to Houston, we haven't seen much of Houston in football over the last few seasons. We played him in 2020. We played him in 21, as you mentioned, Parker. And then we we didn't play you guys last year. No, yeah. So, like, where – like, okay, so Houston goes 12-2 and two in 2021. They, had, they went 8-5 and five last year. Where – like, what are the – like, how do fans I, – I guess, like – What's your outlook for Houston this year? Like, should Bearcat fans be circling that game on the calendar November 11th, or should they be, you know, just knowing, hey, we play Houston this week, it's going to be a tough game, it's going to be a close game. Like, is Houston one of those games that Bearcat fans should go get their calendars right now and circle? Yeah, I think the truth is is that um, 
the outlook on Houston this fall is going to depend a lot on the guys taking snaps. Um, I think Houston has one of the best wide receiver rooms in the Big 12. Um, and, and Dana Holgerson has always been able to find wide receivers and, and make guys into into real NFL-type dudes and wide receivers. Um, the defensive line is still pretty strong in a pass-rushing sense. Um, they need probably you know need to work on the beef in the middle um, from a run-stopping sense, right? But from a pass-rushing sense, they're pretty strong there. A lot of new faces and transfer faces in the secondary. Um Losing Alton McCaskill, I mean, you saw it in 2021. You saw Alton McCaskill up close and personal. Um, losing him as a running back to Colorado hurts. Those darn Colorado uh, Buffaloes and Coach Prime and all that. Uh, but the quarterback is going to kind of decide, I think, a lot as far as like what the ceiling and floor on this team are. Um, Houston has two options, and we didn't have a spring game, so we didn't get to see them compete against one another in super live action. But um, one is a kid named Donovan Smith, who's like a classic 6'5", 240 dual threat guy comes in from texas tech transferred in in january um and started a handful of games last season at texas tech before ultimately losing the job uh, dual threat guy even once he lost the starting job was a runner uh in a goal line type package short yardage package for them uh and the other kid competing for the job is a kid named lucas coley who transferred in in the spring of 22 from arkansas um he didn't have any tape at Arkansas to work with as far as what he did and didn't do well there. His high school stuff has him a pretty deep arm, but he's about six one and change, a little bit smaller guy, but a very sturdy base. Think like not quite as small as Kyler Murray, but that kind of more closer to that kind of build. Um, those two guys are ceiling raisers and floor lowers, I guess, potentially as far as what the season looks like. I will say though, Dana always ends up in these wild like a season full of close games and you're going to have a bunch of back and forth stuff. So what we look like by Cincinnati, you could be looking at a Houston team that has like a negative point differential, but a winning record like and vice versa, right? Who knows what it looks like by the time we get there. Um, I'm excited to play Cincinnati again though. Cause it's a team that I felt like was a, you know, a, a competitive level program. Um, so that's a long way to say I'm not completely sure till we see the quarterback battle play out, but there's high hopes for sure. Okay, so yeah, I was going to ask you about that because you're you're losing a guy in Clayton Toon who was there, it felt like for 20 years. You're also <laughs> losing you're also losing Nathaniel Tank Dell. Uh, is that a worry for you? I know you guys, and, and looking at your roster, you have a bunch of options of wide receiver, but does that does losing a guy like Tank Dell is that is that a like a Texas sized hole in your offense? Um, and I, this is not to disparage anything that that Tank Dell brought to the table i imagine they, they miss clayton tune more though um so tank dell obviously was a third round pick and he's five nine and 165 pounds so like that a wide receiver got drafted at all at that size i think speaks to how talented he was um houston has done a pretty good job both with you know last year matthew golden came in and set some freshman records um at Houston uh, in terms of receiving the football. Um, they also brought in a couple of transfers like Stephon Johnson from Oklahoma State. Um, Joseph Manjack came in the year before from USC and Manjack got hurt and missed a lot of 2022. So people kind of forget about him. They also have this kid coming in who's like one of the highest ranked prospects in, um, in the history of the football program and Mikhail Harrison pilot. He lists as an athlete, but it looks like he's going to be a wide receiver. Um, super, super talented talented kid that is all to say that i think they had the like resources to replace at least as a group tank dell um and again i think the receiver room is really really strong it's hard to replace a 
starter with that many wins under his belt and that many games, frankly, under his belt, like Clayton Toon. I'm wishing Clayton Toon the best in Arizona, but man, I wish he I wish he had another year. <laughs> It'd be nice to go into the Big 12 with that guy taking the snaps. Okay. But one guy that you do have returning is Alton McCaskill. And he missed last year with a torn ACL, but in 2021, and I'm going to pull the stats up in front of me because he was an unbelievable running back as a freshman in that season for the Houston Cougars. And I remember he was a guy I was really worried about going into the championship game. But we look at what he did in that season. So for my audience, Bearcat fans who don't remember him, 2021, Alton McCaskill had 961 rushing yards in 2021. It's 16 touchdowns, 16 touchdowns, averaged over five yards a carry. So what's he going to bring to this offense, Parker, that it didn't have last year? And is that something that Bearcat fans, when we get to November 11th, excuse me, that they need to keep an eye on? And really all Big 12 teams to keep an eye on throughout the season. So losing Alden McCaskill to Colorado in a transfer was hard to swallow. Um he he left a giant hole to say the least. I mean, you mentioned all the stats he had as a as a true freshman in the conference. Um, you know, wishing him the best at Colorado, but that that stung. It looks like an NIL money kind of deal, and that's the, that's the worst. Um, Houston has Stacy Seed and Brandon Campbell, who filled in the role. I want to say adequately last year, um, and then they're bringing in a transfer from West Virginia, whose name escapes me at the moment. Um, but has some Big 12 experience. And then a freshman and Parker Jenkins from there in the city of Houston. So it's going to be a lot of running back by committee for sure. Um, losing all is going to hurt for sure. Uh, there's no way around that. Um, but, you know, that's the way the Colorado thing I think seems to be going is that they, they, they take guys that hurt other programs and taking them. But, um, but definitely looking forward to seeing what the Rainback room produces uh in the way that they kind of like replace that as a as a unit maybe not with any one guy shouldering all the load but as a unit for sure all right so houston's defense 2021 was really good last year not so much this year i'm looking at an athlon you guys have three returning starters according to them what can yeah. Bearcat fans and the Big 12 expect to see from this year's version of the Cougars' defense? Um, I'm really excited. on So the defensive line and Coach Brian Early always do a really good job. Um, and uh, Nelson Caesar on Athlon has, uh, I think he's a second-team preseason all-conference. Um, and then Adari Halsey, who's a transfer in from New Mexico, is also on one of those all-conference preseason teams. Um, he's a DB. Um, I... I think the D line is always going to be a good at pass rushing kind of thing. Um, it's stopping the run that, you know, uh, how much can you rely on dot Wonkwo in the middle of nose tackle to do on his own? He's not quite six, two, three twenty like the Godfather you mentioned earlier that that dude's a pro. Um, but I think, I think Dodd's really good. And so, you know, as a, a little bit smaller guy, he's really good. Um, I'm really excited for the Houston Cougars secondary. Um, a whole lot of new faces from Transfer Portal. Uh, I mentioned Adari Halsey comes in from New Mexico, led all freshmen across the entire country in tackles. Uh, Isaiah Hamilton comes in. He went to Channelview High School in North Houston. He went to Texas Southern, the HBCU in Houston, and he's transferred into the University of Houston now. Um, so he is Houston through and through. He's 
uh, an experienced guy from Texas Southern comes and plays some uh, little cornerback, little safety. They've got Jawan Gaston transfers in. He was a four-star kid at a high school that went to, was initially committed to Auburn, had to go to junior college. He's coming to Houston now, so he's got real deal speed. We'll see if you know how much of an impact he makes on the field right away. Um, and then you know I, I like transfers like uh, Justice Ugo and stuff like that too. But I think the new faces secondary are things I'm going to appreciate because, as you mentioned, the 2022 Houston defense gave up a lot of points, and I, I tend to think of those as secondary kind of things because. That's a, a high boom, high bust position, right? If you mess up as a corner, you might give up a touchdown that play. Like you can't have any mistakes. <laughs> and so I'm looking forward to seeing some new faces. No shots, no, not too much shade to last year's guys, but I'm looking forward to seeing the new faces and how they play this fall. All right. Sounds great, Parker. Now, when we come back for both my Bearcats audience and Parker's Houston's audience, we're going to take a look at the fan duel win projections, win totals for the Bearcats and Cougars, whether or not we agree with them. And if we think they will go over or under, we'll do that next on this Locked On crossover edition. Parker Ainsworth of Locked On Cougars and your Locked On Cougs, excuse me, Cougs, <laughs> Cougs, Jay Catch at BYU is Cougars. Is that why you're Cougs? Like, I, I, I could go back and forth there. Um, you know, Jake's a great guy, and I yeah. guess they had a show first. I will say. Okay. Houston's locked on Cougar sounds like a night on the town with Dana in a way that I'm not sure that that's a whole different show. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, well, and I'm sure you'll see, but you'll see both of them and me on our, on the big 12 round table show that you guys, I'm looking forward to and Parker, you and I get to do those this year. Yeah. So that's yeah, going to yeah. be, that's, that's going to be a fun time. Uh, now that we're in the power five conference, which the Bearcats are officially members on July 1st. G uh, Parker, is that the same for Houston? Yeah, and I'm excited to see. Um, as, so you, as guys are, you guys are officially members July 1st. July 1st, and there's all of the um, all of the different uh, what you call like social media stuff going on with that. Apparently, there's gonna be a bunch, bunch of marketing push and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, no, so I yeah, see. I'm excited about all that. It's it's gonna be a fun time, and I, and I wish that I, I wish the network would hire a locked on nights host for uh, UCF because I think they could do very well down there i don't think there is one yet so we have three of the four new members they have shows including us and jake from uh byu so maybe we'll get a locked on ucf host eventually but anyway parker I i'll let you take it away on this segment let's look at our fan duel win totals of course they are the official sp sports betting book of locked on sports if that's a word um so let's hear it the Cougars and the Bearcats win totals this year for FanDuel. They got Houston at four and a half. And I okay. got to be honest, Alex, that upsets me. Um, for one, um, four and a half means that you win your three conference games and you're debating between one and two, or th your three non-conference games debating between one and two conference games. Now, Houston does not have a particularly difficult non-conference schedule. They got UTSA, Rice, and Sam Houston. UTSA is a growing program, but I am not uh, – uh, Power 5 Houston Cougars should not be threatened by that. And that's a um, home game, too. So It's I, a home I, I game, too. Houston should win that game. I think you're right, Parker. So that's 3-0 and in non-conference. And if the over-under set of 4.5, you're only talking about two conference wins. I think Houston's got that in the bag. I'm not I'm not thinking I'm going out too far on a limb and saying everyone needs to hammer the over on this. What do they have Cincinnati at in year one? 
So, and I'm going to be honest, I, I have been so busy working over at ABC6 that I haven't really looked much into the FanDuel win totals this year for, but, so the Cincinnati Bearcats, and boy, this is how, this is how behind I am, but uh, I'm not saying I'm unprepared, but right now they have the Cincinnati Bearcats at, let's see, they have the Cincinnati Bearcats, let me go to the Big 12. Nice to see the Bearcats under the Big 12 on FanDuel. Oops. They have them at over or under five and a half. I actually knew that. <laughs> five and a half wins. See, there you go. Five and a half wins. I am going to take the over. Parker Ainsworth, here's why. And I get it. And I was thinking about this. We recorded this earlier this week. And I was on, I was running through downtown Columbus, where I live before this. And I was thinking, when you have a coaching transition, and you guys went through this a few years ago with Dana Holgerson after, um, who was the coach before? That was... Um, uh, there was Major, Tom. Major Applewhite. Before that was, was it Herman. Um, so, yeah, you know. Did Herman, did, did Herman go, did, was Herman there the year before Holgerson was there? I feel like... Uh, it was it was major, I believe. That's right? right. Yeah, Herman went to Texas, I think, in like seventeen, from what I remember. But anyway, so when you have a coaching change, which the Bearcats have gone through, and you have this overhaul of the roster, it, 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 look, it's going to be challenging. But I look at the, the the who the Bearcats still have: Corleone, Briggs, Van, who's back for a sixth season; Malik Van, defensive lineman. They have Deshaun Pace coming back, who is one of the be- is maybe the best player on the team. Offensively, they're still going to be able to run the football. I like who they have a tight end led by Shaman Mateyer. And I just think about the offensive scheme that Scott Satterfield's going to run. What people may not realize, Parker, it, Louisville wasn't – they were an average team when Satterfield was there, but it wasn't because the offense wasn't producing. The offense would run up 600 yards a game sometimes. The defense just gave up too many points, and there was also some issues in the athletic department. Our colleague Dalton Pence from Lockdown Louisville could tell you that. But I think when you look at the Bearcats' schedule, they're non-conference, and they play all three back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. They go EKU. Parker, do, do, do you know who – just – and I don't mean to throw shade <laughs> at EKU. Do you know who I'm talking about when I refer to EKU? It's okay if you don't. I, I actually I'm, – I'm... I'm friends with a guy that covers them, actually. Um, okay. But I don't know if I would have known besides that. Wow. All right. <laughs> Eastern Kentucky Colonels. I think uh, the Bearcats are winning that game. I, I, I'm, I, I'm very confident saying that. Then they got Pitt on the road. That's going to be a tough game. On the road in Pittsburgh, ACC. Then you got Miami, Ohio. I mean, the Bearcats have, haven't lost to them since 2005, I think. So that – is going to be a win. So you're going to win probably two or all three of your conference games or non-conference games. And then you have non-conference games. Like, so you're telling me the Bearcats aren't going to win three conference games. That's hard for me to believe. They, they, they might lose to Oklahoma. That's likely BYU is going to be tough on the road in a short week, Friday night, but Iowa state Baylor, Kansas and West Virginia. Those are all winnable games. Yeah. So, well, and, and I don't, I think the Houston Cincinnati game could be a fun competitive one. And obviously I'm going to pick yeah. Houston that one. You're going to pick Cincinnati, but that's kind of what you're talking about, right? If there's a bunch of co- of games here that feel like coin flips and you're assuming you're going to lose a bunch of coin flips, if you don't win 
five games. Like that just seems that just seems silly. Um, it, yeah, and like and to that point, Parker. Like I, I've I've talked about this with several colleagues on the Bearcats. B. I talked about this with several fans. I don't feel like there's a game on the Bearcats schedule that I'm saying, oh yeah, they're losing that game. I don't feel that way. Like even with Oklahoma, I don't feel that way. Oklahoma last year was only what seven and six. So they had, they had a bad showing last year. Um, yeah, they got blanked well, by Texas, and that yeah, was that was bad. Now again, Parker, as we as we as I said earlier, they had a new head coach. Now I was I'm a huge Brent Venables fan. My sister just graduated from Clemson, so I, I am also a Clemson Tigers fan. And I think the stark contrast of Lincoln Riley to Brent Venables was evident last year. But again, top ten recruiting class. You have to think they're going to be improved. You have to think they're going to, you know, that that seven and six record left a sour taste in their mouths. So let's just see where this season goes. I think it's going to be, but as far as the Bearcats, I, I take the over under at five and a half. If it was at six and a half, I'd say, okay, spend a little more time. But like, I'm confident saying, and that by the way, is at plus 100 over under. I'm taking the, uh, the over on that. Yeah, that's the kind of the way I feel about Houston with the three non-conference. Um, they're at Texas Tech, but they took Tech to multiple overtimes last year. They get West Virginia at home on a Thursday. Um, and then we get to play Cincinnati and Central Florida. And I know you're going to tell me Cincinnati's going to win that game. But those are two teams that are moving into the Big 12 a lot like Houston is. And so I feel like those are comparable programs, at least, at least a coin flip there. And then... Oklahoma State, you mentioned Oklahoma being down. Oklahoma State was also really down last year, and Houston gets them at home in the last home game of the season. Those are all, I mean, that's without mentioning, like, do you upset someone like Texas or TCU, which are possible with rivalry-type games from the old Southwest Conference days. I, I'm I'm comfortable with going over the four and a half for Houston for sure, um, but I'm sure people are going to chirp at us and tell us where to find or that we're wrong, so... Before I get into my stuff, Alex, Alex, where can people find you and chirp at you when they think that we're wrong about this? Oh, no question about that, Parker. They can find me on Twitter, as you see, on the screen at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. They can also find me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore. And then they can also email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Here to answer your questions. Here to, if you have a topic idea that you want discussed on a show, we're down to three days a week, Parker. We got to get creative a little bit. Got to have some fun <laughs> until we pick things back up on July 31st. So that's where they can find me. Also, of course, I'm on and mainly Twitter is where I live. Twitter's where I live. I got the same handle across all. It's P Ainsworth or just Painsworth 512. P A I N S W R T H 5121. Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok. I have one. I don't post a whole lot, but all your favorite social media handles. That's where you can find me at Painsworth 512. We bring you locked on Cougs. All summer long, we get ready for our first year in the Big 12. And we're excited about it, Alex. I think you're excited about it, too. I'm, it's going to be a fun season in the Big 12. Well, and, and you said it. And, and that's what I'm most looking forward to is, like, you know, getting there and, like, mattering every single week. You're playing in a Power 5 conference. People care about the Big 12. And, I mean, God, when we get to basketball, it's going to be – I mean – and, and and what's really cool is like there's already talk of expanding and, and you and you hear names like Colorado, Arizona, Utah, or not Utah, uh, Yukon and Gonzaga. I mean, when you mention the name Gonzaga and basketball expansion, yeah, it, just sign me up right there. But uh, just in, it, really looking forward to it, Parker. And uh, this was this was great. It was great talking to you. And uh, I, you and I will do another crossover before the Bearcats Houston game in mid-November. That's the day before my birthday, by the way. So, <laughs> um, and what's ironic is. 
the Houston Texans play the Cincinnati Bengals the next day in Cincinnati. So, oh, that's weird. I didn't even put that together. Of, that is yeah, weird. It's a double dipping of Cincinnati versus Houston. So that's going to be fun. And I'm, I'm sure. And then I'll see you on our Locked On Big 12 roundtables show. So that's going to be fun. I, although I hope they continue to do that this year. I know that. <laughs> I know things are changing, but we'll see how that change of landscape yeah. looks. Um, we we end our shows every day with Go Cougs. I don't know what, what is it. Go Cats. What do you do? You have a hand signal? You know, I don't really have a signature ending. <laughs> I, I don't want to like commit myself to one because then if i forget it's gonna you know i, I don't want to have the you know i mean it's okay if i do but like i just kind of like to you know keep things natural i usually say have a great day i'll be back tomorrow right here on locked on bearcats so but maybe this time i'll i'll put my signature <laughs> saying on it well we say go kooks and put a hand up i don't know would y'all have a hand sign at all it's a texas a state of texas thing. <laughs> you know we really don't 